If you've been journeying with us these last number of weeks, you will remember, again, that we've been going through the Book of Romans, and we've been doing two chapters each week. And even though we can't cover everything in one weekend for the two chapters, we have picked out a specific portion of somewhere in those two chapters. So today we are in Romans chapter 9 and 10, and specifically I'm going to share with us from Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13, that says this. If you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For it is with your heart that you believe and are justified, and it's with your mouth that you profess your faith and are saved. As scripture says, anyone who believes in him will never be put to shame, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. I want to invite us to begin to think about those words for just a moment, and specifically this part about believing in our hearts, but confessing with our mouths. And I'm excited today that we're going to have the opportunity to hear this uh, directly. We're not going to just talk about professing with our mouths. We're going to have the opportunity to actually hear it and experience it together. If you were with us last week, you might remember that when we looked at what Paul was sharing in Romans chapter 8, there was a shift as he was sharing from what he believed in faith to then witnessing to his faith. So Paul quit talking about it from a distance perspective or even totally objective perspective, talking about belief from a distance to then suddenly the witness of faith in his life. There was a personal ownership as he began to share some of his own testimony and what the gospel means to him in his own words in Romans chapter 8. We are continuing in that model today because we're going to hear from some individuals and we're not just going to talk about belief from a distance. They're going to share with us as they witness directly by sharing with their own mouths, by confessing with their own mouths what faith in Jesus Christ looks like for them, at least to a small degree. So today, I want to invite us to be in prayer as Kayesha will be sharing with us, and then Darina, and then Jen. And I just want to invite you to be prayerfully supporting them as they're sharing with us, but even more than that, as they witness to their faith, as they confess with their mouths, may their model be an encouragement to us to do the same, to share our faith and confess our faith in any place that God would lead us to do so. So I'm incredibly excited for what these individuals are going to share and I invite us all now to open our hearts as they share God's word with us this day. May all of us believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that Jesus Christ is Lord. Footprints in the sand. This poem has hung on my bathroom wall for it seemed like forever. I've always read it, but I never truly understood and related to it until now. I just wanted to take a second to read it to just refresh. One night, I dreamed I was walking along the beach with the Lord. Many scenes from my life flashed across the sky. In each scene, I noticed footprints in the sand. Sometimes there were two sets of footprints, other times there was only one. This bothered me because I noticed that during the low periods of my life when I was suffering from anguish, sorrow, or defeat, I could see only one set of footprints. So I said to the Lord, 
You promised me, Lord, that if I followed you, you would walk with me always. But I have noticed that during the most trying periods of my life, there has only been one set of footprints in the sand. Why, when I need you most, have you not been there for me? The Lord replied, The times when you have only seen one set of footprints, my child, is when I carried you. So I was asked a while ago why I wished to be baptized and why I decided to start coming to church. To be honest, there are many reasons that I could go on forever about, but I think the main reason I believed baptism and going to church was necessary for my journey with God was not only to connect with Him on a closer level and get a new understanding of Him, but thanking Him for saving and shaping me into the person I am now, me. Honestly, I would have never saw myself standing up here doing what I'm doing and having the relationship with God that I do now. I am the greatest of thanks for getting me through the battles that I was so sure I was going to lose to, because I was angry. I was angry and negative towards myself, I was angry and negative towards the ones who loved me. I was angry at the world. I was angry that I felt like I was struggling and no one was there to help me. And during my hardest moments of struggle, when I felt like I needed someone the most, no one was there. I was angry because no matter how hard I tried, I couldn't change people. Then one night, this vivid dream came to my head. Our Lord spoke to me. I used to think when people said how they heard or spoke to things other than a physical human were crazy. But at that moment, I realized I was never alone. God saw my struggles, He knew His plan for me, and He will continue to help me every day to mold my mind and spirit. To reflect on this beautifully written poem, I can now take this knowledge and put it forth into my future and everyday life. Him walking with me has not only given me the determination and not only seeing in black and white, but now focusing on the light He has shown to me. I owe Him the greatest of thanks, but most of all my life. Saying this, He not only saved my life, but everyone around. No one is unworthy of God's love, and I know my purpose is to take my experiences and share how life can turn around no matter what your starting point looks like. So for me, faith started at a very young age. I was blessed with a family that taught me that church really can be a home if you allow it. My mom, was the fire to that faith walk for me growing up. She honestly provided a really firm foundation in our church life uh, through youth groups. We went to Bible studies, church services. We were involved a lot growing up. Um, but as I got older, we started to face more trials, tribulations, things like every human really goes through. Um, but at the age of 10, my dad had battled cancer for probably a solid year. And it was one of the hardest things that I've gone through in my life as a person. Um, but after a long year of battling, the cancer won and it took him to sit with God in heaven and to be able to watch over us. That's what they say. So I find heat in that. Um, but with that, after that, the mental health struggles really took over our family. And I mean, across the board, it was a, a big struggle for all of us to go through the grief and the loss. It's not something easy to go through for two girls and their mom, but we pushed through it. Um, but as I got older, I started to turn to my flesh. As a teen, I ended up pregnant at 18. And at the time it felt like the weight of the world was on my shoulders. Uh, I was a really young mom. With that, I struggled with an abusive relationship with my son's father. Uh, we even just trying to make ends meet financially back then was a struggle being so young. And with that, 
I mean, a few years went by of struggling to get out of that relationship, custody battles, court hearings, things that you need God to get you through. <laughs> uh, but I, I did get a knock on my front door a few months after everything was over. It was a random day and I wasn't expecting it. I was going crazy taking care of my toddler at the time. And with that, it was this little sweet old lady. Her name was Miss Dorothy. She was a Jehovah's Witness. Um, typically you hear about all these stories of people are not very nice to Jehovah's Witnesses. But for me, I felt a strong connection with her from the minute I opened my door. She was very kind and loving. She opened her arms to me. And with that, she took the time to get to know me and my child. At the time, I just had Noah. And we flourished from her word, from the love she poured into us. She would read the Bible to me weekly for a solid year. She met with my family in my home, in our comfort, so that we could be fed the word. Uh, after about six months of Dorothy and I not being able to connect, she was going through health problems. I was going through work as a single mom. It was just a lot. And I decided that my mom and I were talking. We wanted to try to get into a new church that would open arms us. And somebody had suggested First Church. And they said they had an awesome contemporary service. So I said, let's try it. <laughs> so from that moment on, we found our home in our church, the people and the community. Uh, once I started diving into church, I really made the conscious decision to start living more like Christ and cutting certain things out of my life that really restrained my restriction with God and didn't feel as though they were serving me or that relationship anymore. Uh, the more I cut away, the more I felt the deeper connection, the more I trusted that he would move for me when I didn't see a way, the bigger the blessing was at the end. I have since then really started placing everything, good and bad, at God's feet. Um, and the more that I've allowed God to grant me grace, the more I've started giving it to myself and the people that are around me. So God prepares each one of us with unique gifts and he reveals them to us when we have a positioned heart to receive them. It has become my goal as a child of God, a redeemed child of God, to position my heart to be a vessel, to spread his wonderful news of salvation, uh, so that anybody that wants to feel the never-ending comfort, love, and grace that he diligently provides to those who seek him, I believe loving the way Jesus did without judgment or a hardened heart is humanly impossible, but I will strive to love that same way, wanting and spreading the word to anybody that would want to listen. So I want to break bread with the same kind of people Jesus did and show them the love of our Father has no bounds or limits. To be understanding and kind, no matter the circumstances, as we are all children of Christ who shall flourish in his love if we choose to accept it. I was asked to share how my life is different after knowing Jesus. So that meant that I needed to go back and think about what my life was like before I had a relationship with Jesus. I grew up in a family that went to church on Sundays. 
My parents periodically volunteered in the church. We said a family prayer before we ate dinner each night, and I was taught to pray before going to bed. That was what Christianity looked like to me, checking boxes and going through the motions. I didn't discuss my faith with anyone, and even though I was learning Bible stories in Sunday school, developing a personal relationship with Jesus was not something that was on my radar. I tend to follow instructions verbatim. I like to bake. I'm not so great at cooking. So, um, so falling into a routine was comfortable, but not challenging or fulfilling. I was missing out, and I didn't know it. When I entered middle school, life got more complicated. I now have a son in middle school, and I'm sure there are others here who have experienced some middle school drama, either personally or through their children, that would agree. It is a complicated and confusing stage of life. I was trying to discover who I was and create my identity. I would dress in a cute skirt and knee socks, and then the next day I would be in baggy jeans and ball chains. I was looking for belonging and to feel loved by others. I was insecure and vulnerable, and I cried a lot. The summer following seventh grade, a friend invited me to attend a Christian summer camp called Ligonier Camp and Conference Center. It was an hour and a half away from my home, and it lasted two weeks. And this opportunity forever changed my life. In this place, faith was not kept private. It was shared openly and often with one another. And this was the first time I experienced a Bible study where we not only learned from the Bible, but we also talked about it and shared our questions uh, and thoughts strengthening our understanding. The atmosphere was accepting and loving, and we supported one another across ropes courses and trust falls and other physical challenges. I memorized scripture for the first time, that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, which is Philippians 4.13. We praised God with our voices every night, and we woke up with a devotion and scripture every morning. After about a week of experiencing this, my camp counselor started meeting with each of us individually. We had filled out a card in preparation of this meeting that had three check boxes. One, I'm not ready for a relationship with Jesus. Two, I would like to have a relationship with Jesus, but I'm not ready to do that yet. And three, I would like to commit my life to Jesus. I checked that third box, and I talked to that college student counselor about what it meant to ask for forgiveness of my sins and to live with the Holy Spirit inside of me. After we talked about it, we prayed together and asked God to change my life. I left camp feeling different. However, middle school, it was still complicated and didn't magically become the happiest place on earth. I didn't make all the right choices, and I still didn't feel secure in who I was. The difference, though, was that I didn't feel as alone. 
I had discovered that I could talk to God just like I talked to anybody else. My prayers didn't have to be memorized or scripted. I also knew that I could look in the Bible and find encouragement, as well as other people who had gone through struggles and come out on the other side. I attended that same summer camp each summer through high school, and then was hired as a counselor in training for half a summer. It was a really special place that helped me understand how to find my identity. I am a child of God. It's been quite a few years since my summer camp days, and guess what? Life has gotten more complicated than it was in middle school. <laughs> it's been full of wonderful, joyful experiences, as well as terrifying and sorrowful ones. I've had to navigate getting married and then living with my husband, which I categorize as joyful for the record, <laughs> um, moving across state lines, finding a new job, buying a house, becoming a mom for the first time, then parenting multiple children, navigating a global pandemic, advancing my professional career, juggling my career and family, being a caregiver to a loved one, having someone I love die. All these life experiences have brought about a mix of emotions. And sometimes it's easy to thank God for a particular time. And sometimes I weep and wrestle to understand what good will come out of it. Life is complicated. However, having God, who knows everything, go through life with me has allowed me to persevere and remain joyful. From Romans 5, verses 3 to 5, I know that we can rejoice in our sufferings because going through them produces perseverance, which leads to character, the kind of person that I am, which produces hope, hope that life will be okay no matter what, because I do not have to experience any part of life alone. And when my life is done here on earth, I get to spend eternity with God. The same God who's given me everything that I have and made me who I am. That hope is a gift from God who loves me. Life is an adventure, <laughs> and after I decided to include Jesus in all aspects of my life, that adventure became an even richer experience. I enjoy trying to conquer and master challenges, so sometimes I inadvertently try to conquer life. I struggle with saying no to things because I love opportunities to try something new and see if I'm any good at it. But I know that trying to conquer life is not the real goal. Life is a gift that we've been given so that we can experience opportunities that lead us to deepen our relationship with Christ and share Christ's love with others so that they too can experience Christ's love and forgiveness. That was Paul's message to Rome so many years ago. The goal is to help others find their identity 
in Christ so that after this life, we can spend eternity with Jesus.